Welcome to the Kingdom Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoyed this message by our guest speaker. For more great content, visit klcmain.com. Let's give him praise. Let's give him praise. Thank you, sir. Thank you. You're here. And we're here to hear from you. You give us ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying and give us hearts to obey. Lord, we need more grace. And faith introduces us to more grace. As our faith grows, you introduce us to even more grace. And I just thank you for your grace in this place. That you're going to change lives that don't even want to be changed. Because <laughs> you have a way of changing hearts. We just thank you for your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. See, God's trying to give this place a spirit of Caleb. And the spirit of Caleb, it says, give me my mountain. Come on now. It's a spirit of faith. Give me my mountain. I'll be honest with you. Many of you need to begin to get back up and say, give me my mountain. After 40 years of waiting, Caleb still wanted the mountain that had the giants on it. He said, I don't care if there's giants. I want what God promised. I don't care what he said. I want what he promised. God spoke to me. He even said, he said, 40 years ago, God spoke to me. I'm just as young today as I was then. Just give me my mountain. I believe God wants to restore some people's strength. How many know everything you need is, is encapsulated in the voice of God? When you hear his voice, it moves you. A word in due season is what God's speaking, not what he's spoken. But it's a word on wheels. It will take you from one place to another place instantaneously. That's where suddenlies happen when you hear the voice of God. When you hear the voice of God, everything changes the moment you hear his voice. When Paul had his encounter, it changed everything. Went from a persecutor of the church to an apostle in like a moment's time. When Gideon heard the voice of God, he went from chicken little to a valiant warrior, a great deliverer. Because there's something about the voice of God. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, man does not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth. I, I thought it was interesting. He did, you know, a lot of times he would talk is written, but he also would basically said, what, is, what happens is I'm going to speak what God is breathing on. So a lot of times, how many of you know you may have a part of the puzzle and then God speaks something and everything makes sense? Come on now. God speaks and you move to places you wouldn't move. God speaks and all of a sudden where you were is not good enough anymore because you've heard the voice of God and you can't, it cannot hold you anymore. In John chapter 10, let's go there. It's, it's familiar scripture for some. But John chapter 10, about the good shepherd, I, you know. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, he that does not enter by the door in the fold of the sheep, but climbs up some other way. He, he's a thief and a robber, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, 
and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. How many of you understand that's how God leads you? He actually calls you by name. You know God knew you before you ever were born on earth? He had a plan in your life before you ever were created. People always say, when, when, do you think, when do you think conception began? I said, in eternity, because it said before the foundation of the world, he already foreordained found uh, good works for us to walk in. So he said he knew us before he ever formed the earth. And how many of you know, many of you need to know God knows you and loves you, but he knows the real you. And he wants to introduce you to you. Come on. I remember I was, I was in Colorado one time. And this is what, uh, the strength of my life is hearing the voice of God. That is the strength of my life. When God said start, start Bible studies in every high school in Tulsa, I, I didn't know. I knew what he said to do. And I remember I had prayed, and God put it in my heart. I said, I don't want to be a local church youth pastor. I want to be the, the youth pastor of Tulsa. I want, I, I want the scope of our ministry to go beyond just a little building. And as soon as I said that, God said, start a Bible study in every high school. I didn't know that two of the schools would be shut down because of revival. Public schools. Where God would visit, and in a two-year period, we had over 7,000 decisions for Christ because I heard the voice of God. And God literally says in Isaiah 55 that he's watching over the word that proceeds out of his mouth. Come on now. So when you hear the voice of God and you speak it back to him, come on. You begin to prophesy because you already heard. You can't, if you, if you prophesy out of the flesh, you prophesy out of yourself. But if you hear the voice of God, you prophesy from heaven to earth. And what you hear from heaven to earth changes everything. And I remember, you know, reading this scripture, it was quickened to me an experience when I was in Colorado because I, I, I was preaching, and right before I got up to preach in that church, I got up to, to the pulpit just to check it out. And this young man comes in, he's really angry. I mean, I'm looking at him, he's steaming, and walks right by the altar, walks right by the pulpit, and the Lord said, you tell Mikey... To come over here. And he said, you call him by name. His name is Mikey. I said, okay. Well, a lot of times when I hear things like that, I will say something like, hey, Mikey. And then if they don't respond, I'll pretend like I wasn't calling them. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'll be as honest as I can be because it's like, okay. It's not usually how you handle it with me. So I, I'm willing to do it, but I'm not going to, you know, go too crazy. So he walked by, and, and, and he walks right by. I said, hey, Mikey. He turns around, and he scouts, and he yells at me. He said, who told you my name? I said, God told me your name was Mikey. I don't know you. Then I'm waiting for the rest of the word. I got nothing, <laughs> nothing. And all I could say is, God loves you, sit down. And I thought, that was, what was that, Lord? Was the, afterwards, when I gave the altar call, the first person to come up to the altar to receive Christ was this Mikey. And his parents came up to me. He was a 21-year-old man who was an intellectual, studying all the religions of the world. And on the way to church, he told his parents, I don't believe in your God. 
I don't think your God is real. He doesn't even know my name. That was the last word of his mouth. He doesn't know my name. All he needed to know was God knew his name. Come on now, one word, one word, one word. God knows your word. He knows the word that will push your button. He knows the word that will move you from glory to glory, from faith to faith. And it's very specific, and that word is not anyone else's word. It's yours. I love what it said in, in, in uh, Psalm 105, verse 17 through 19. It talks about Joseph, and Joseph had a dream. God speaks in dreams. But you know what it says? It said, until his word came to pass. It didn't say God's word. It meant Joseph's word, his personal word. Come on now. His personal word, until his word, until what God showed him, which was marked in him, that became his word, came to pass. It tested him. See, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It goes on to say that, you know, he calls his own sheep by name. He leads them out. When he puts forth his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They follow him because they know his voice. How does God lead you by the voice of God? Every one of you need to say, I'm a sheep, I hear his voice. If you're not born again, you need to get born again so you can know his voice. And be honest with you, the only way you can get born again is by hearing his voice because all of a sudden, he becomes real. You, you hear the knocking, so you open the door. See, there's a reality of God that's amazing. And, you know, we've gone through a period of sifting in this nation. There's been a season of, of, uh, of sifting, and that's no fun. But we're in a season of shifting. Come on now. And if you, if you, if you make the right shift, you'll be in a season of surging or acceleration. Come on. See, I've had the privilege of driving some of the world's fastest cars. Anyone know something about me? I'm into speed big time. I mean, it's like it's the hardest thing not to get speeding tickets. Thank God for cruise control. Thank God. If it wasn't for cruise control, they would not allow me to drive. In fact, I would love to go places that have no speed limits. I know what it's like to, 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 to go 200 miles an hour on the water. There's no speed limits there. In fact, a lot of times I'll even tell people, when, I said, you're going through stressful times. Let me take you on a boat ride. <laughs> See, I'm trying to help their prayer life. And by the time I, I get up to 50, they start praying a little bit. Around 70, they really kick it in a little bit. By the time you hit 100, come on. The, you know, the fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I, I want to make sure they're desperate enough, come on, where they mean business. <laughs> you know, it's the best place in the world, you know. That's what I do with counseling, too. Let's go for a boat ride. <laughs> but if you, go, if you drive fast cars, and I've driven some of the fastest in the world, you can actually, you, the faster the car, the more the gears. And what happens is if you don't change gears, you burn out the gear. 
And many people, you, you, know, you know why most people are burned out? They didn't shift. Come on. And this nation is shifting back to God. How many of you have noticed it? Everywhere you go, people are talking about Jesus. Everywhere you go. And, you, you know, I mean, I, I deal a lot with professional athletes and, and, and sports. And, and basically, I mean, even Michigan University, they, they had 70 of their players receive Christ this year. 70. 16 were water baptized before the national championship game. They hired the pastor before the beginning of the season, and literally, you know, revival broke out on their team. See, revival's going to begin to break out everywhere, 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 everywhere. This revival is going to be a revival of the goodness of God because the only thing that will lead man to repentance is a revelation of God's goodness. It's not a revelation of judgment. Come on now. Now, I'll be honest with you, judgment will come eventually if people don't repent. But God begins with mercy because he doesn't want any to perish. He doesn't want people to experience judgment. And many of you today, all you need to do is cry out to him and to his goodness. It's right here. The one who's good is in your midst. If you need healing, you don't get healed because you're good. You get healed because he's good. If you need, a, if you need financial breakthrough, it's not, be, not by your earnings. It's by his inheritance. You live off your earnings, you live poor. You live off your inheritance, you live rich. The church keeps striving. God says, see striving, you know I'm God. Sometimes if in order to hear from God, you got to draw near. Incline your ear. Incline your ear to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. I remember one time I, I asked my son, he was like seven or eight years old, and, and, and you know, my, well, actually my son came in and asked me a question. The way I counsel most of the time is I answer a question with a question. That's the way I counsel. Because most people know the answer, so I just want to draw it out of them. If I tell them, they may not hear it, but if they say it themselves, they will. So a lot of times I've learned it's a great technique because most people already know the answer before they ask the question. So he comes into me, he said, Daddy, how come most people don't hear from God? And he was frustrated. And I said, son, how do you hear from God? And he said, the moment you taught me to, the moment I could speak, you taught me to worship. So the moment, the moment, the moment, the moment, he said, Daddy, I just worship until the air changes. And then when the air changes, I shut up and listen. And that's what happens. You draw near. You draw near. He's enthroned in the praises of his people. When God's presence comes down, he comes down to speak. Come on. He doesn't just come down. He comes down to speak. So literally what praise and worship does is it sets everything up. And it puts people in a position to hear. And literally, once God speaks, it's the final authority on anything as well. If you agree with it, you can walk in divine authority. I remember years ago when I, when I was taught, you know, God spoke to me and said, start a Bible study in high school. I went to every high school and almost everyone would say, okay, we'll do it, even though it wasn't legal. 
But I went to one. <laughs> well, there was no equal access back those. But I went to one, and I'll, I'll never forget it. And it was a high school that a revival eventually broke out. And the principal looked at me and said, as long as I'm principal here, you'll never have a Bible study. And I, I, I tried not to be, you know, <laughs> you got to know my personality. No is not an option. Come on now. Just like losing is not an option for me. I play until I win, period. So when they said, you know, as long as I'm principal here, I remember God right in the guy's face, and, and his secretary was, went to our church, and she knew my personality, so she went into hiding. <laughs> and I looked at him, I said, I, I said, I'm not asking your permission. I said, number one, I said, I got a command from a lot higher power than you. So I, I, he said, I told him, I said, I don't know whether you're, if you, I said, if you, you, you keep doing this, you'll, you're either going to expire, retire, or be fired. But God said, but God said, he said, as long as I said, you don't know who you're dealing with, man. I said, I, I, normally, I, you know, you understand, when I have a word from God, I come in authority. The moment I give the word, I get under authority again. Come on, because I, I, I'm on things. So I, I've, given, I've given words to people in very high positions. And as soon as I do it, I go right back down into where I need to be. But at that moment, I'm representing God. And I remember this guy said, no, no, and and what happened is I called every parent in their school system and said, this guy don't want us to have a Bible study. And I gave him the home number and gave him the school number. I said, if you disagree with this, let him know. And the guy called me up. He said, you're scarier than the other people are. We'll do it. But by the end of the year, that's when we had Keith Green do his concert there. And almost the entire school came to know Christ. It was so cool because God said, because God said, I'm asking, what is God saying to you? Come on. See, see, and in Psalm 81, verse 13 says, oh, that my people would listen to me. Oh, that my people would listen to me. I would quickly subdue your enemies. I would turn the situation and fi- feed you with the finest. Come on. See, you know, it's not unusual that John 10 talks about the sheep hearing his voice, and that's where it talks about abundant life. That's where it is. The abundant life comes when you begin to hear and obey God. That's what it is. If you hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God in Deuteronomy 28.1, these blessings will come on you and overtake you. You don't even have to make them happen. All you got to do is believe and do your part. And your part's pretty easy. You do the easy part. You know, one word from heaven will change your life forever. Come on. I mean, people ask me, they say, what is the greatest miracle you've ever seen? Now, I've mentioned it. We have had amazing things. We had seven stage four cancer people healed up in Buffalo. You know, you know, and that was seven, eight years ago. We had a little boy healed in Pennsylvania that he's written up in Harvard Medical Journal. It's the only, per, only survivor of that form of cancer. Never been a remission. You can't explain that. 
There are so many things I cannot explain. But people ask me, I said, the greatest one I ever heard was because how many people are saying one word from heaven will change you? One word. And this is the best illustration. I have a friend in St. Louis, and I'd prayed for him for 15 years. He had been in an accident. He's still a young man at the time. He was, you know, it was about 15 years ago, but he was, uh, you know, he was about 31 at the time, 15 years ago. But he was in an accident as a teenager, and he was paraplegic. Every time I would go, I'd laid hands on that guy. And all, all I did was leave fi- finger marks, I guess. But that's all you can do. You know, I'm not the healer, but I am attached to the healer. But I'll never forget that one because during worship, we have 4,000 people under a tent, and the worship leader has raised your hands up. I had raised my hands up. He couldn't raise his hands. He could just raise his eyes because, you know, he's paralyzed. I have my eyes closed. Next thing I know, the whole tent is going crazy. I'm hearing screaming. I'm hearing a sound. I mean, it was ridiculous. And I'm looking, and this guy's running. After 16 years in a chair, he's running full speed. Now, you've got to understand something. I have been in situations. I've gotten people out of wheelchairs. We have, you know, we've done that before. But even if you get them out, they still have to learn how to walk because the muscle memory and and atrophy of the muscles and, and the whole thing. I have never seen someone come out full speed, Period. I started chasing him, couldn't chase him. That's why I know I retired. That's why I retired from baseball. Couldn't catch a paraplegic. But still, I was going to tackle him, but I didn't want to put him back in the chair. But when I got to him, I said, what happened? He said, I'm sitting in the chair. And he said, I couldn't raise my hands. I raised my eyes, and I heard this one word, run, run. He said, I forgot I couldn't. So by the time I began running, I figured I better not stop. One word will take you out of the chair. One word will take you out of your, 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 your thing. One word, one word, one word, one word from heaven. One word will mark you forever. And literally you go from faith to faith, from glory to glory, and it begins from hearing to hearing. Come on, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the rhema or the spoken word of Christ. Faith comes by hearing the voice of God, and the voice of God wants to lead you so you'll be at the right place at the right time, doing the right thing in the right way with the right people. Come on now. And many times the voice of God will lead you from one place to another, literally setting things up. How many of you are ready to be moved by God? How many of you are ready to begin to say, man, I'm going to begin this year, this year, this year, this year, I'm going to tune in to what God is saying. Come on now. God wants to speak into your situation. He wants to speak into your life. And it's never just about you. When my son was seven years old, and he heard God say, you got a billion-dollar brain. It wasn't going to happen unless he agreed with it. You know, people thought he was cute but crazy. I got a billion-dollar brain. That was cute when he was seven. 
But he was saying the same thing when he was 14, 15, 16, 17. He was no longer that cute. But at age 21, when God gave him his first billion-dollar product, nobody, everybody talks about him having a billion-dollar brain now because it's, it's manifest. But only manifest because there was someone on earth that agreed with it. You can get all the prophetic words you want, but if you don't agree with it, come on. All you'll do, all you'll have is a notebook. Now, don't look at me that way. But you need to understand something. God wants to speak to you because it wasn't about, because when God spoke that to him, it wasn't about the money. It was about how the money would be distributed. And he said, you will build me an orphanage in every country in the world. And now thousands of orphans around the world are clothed and fed every day because a little seven-year-old boy believed the voice of God. Don't you tell me. God will actually, he'll offer you a deal. He'll begin to reveal things to you and say, you want it? He offered two million people the same deal. I've given you the land. Only two of them took the deal. I don't know about you. God's, God is speaking, and I want to hear. God is speaking. I don't care where you are today. No, how, how bad it is. One word from heaven can turn around. People came to... Hear and be healed to Jesus' meetings is what it said. And there are times in my life I've been limited until I heard. And the moment I heard what I couldn't do before, the moment I heard I was able to do it. And what was impossible became easy because the voice of God, the voice, he said, I'm watching over the word that proceeds out of my mouth. If you'll hear what I'm speaking, I've already committed to perform it. Come on. And this is a season. That's why he moved you here. You know it. You know it because there's an anointing and there's a fire in your heart that could not, you know. And it's not, not anything bad about anything else. It's just you got to be at the right place at the right time. And there's an explosion. And God's going to begin to move every one of you in this area if you're ready for it. Come on now. And if you'll hear his voice, they say, you know, in, in, in John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. They hear me. How do you follow Jesus? You hear his voice. If you don't hear his voice, you can't follow. But if you refuse to listen, don't blame him. Let me close it on this because some of us, we, you know, how many of you have had a bad thing happen in your life because God told you to do this and you said, nah, you're, you, you leaned on your own understanding. I've had two or three times in my life I overrid and I, I mean, I had good reason to in the natural. It didn't make sense. God told me to go low or you, but I... I could graduate the University of Richmond in a year's time 
and go to ORU and get a master's in the same time as if I transferred to ORU and started a major all over again. So I'm thinking, this makes sense. I have a master's, but God wouldn't set me up for the degree. He was setting up relationships in my life. And I actually got in a real bad accident, almost died, repented in the ICU where, where basically they had given up on me and even done last rites. And I couldn't say anything verbally, but under my breath, I, I spoke and finally said, now I'll obey you, God. And the healing power hit me. And I was, I mean, it was, it's the, the pole diet. I lost 65 pounds in 10, 10 days. It's a pole diet because that's how I got hurt. I ran into a volleyball pole full speed. And coach thought we were playing a half-court game because we had a little bit basketball. We were little guys who could not re- rebound. Playing big guys who could not shoot. It looked like a half-court game because they kept shooting and missing, shooting and missing, shooting and missing. And finally, there was a miracle, and we got, we got a rebound. So, so I'm running on a fast break. Well, the coach thought it was a half-court game, so he's taking the volleyball pole to set up for the class. I'm going full speed. Never saw the pole, baby. But now when I see the knights going at each other, that ain't so much fun watching anymore. I know exactly what that. I woke up and I had an internal bleeding. I woke up ten days later. I had a nurse tell me she's crying, saying you're going to die. I had a priest minister last rites. I thought, who cares if I die dry or die wet? <laughs> thought that was going to buy him a super soaker afterwards, make your job easier. You don't even have to come in. Just no. That's the way my brain thinks. But, you know, the bottom line on the thing is, well, I heard from God, and I, and I, would, I would never have married my wife. I would never have done all the things I did. Because all all, I would never have met Miles Monroe. I would never have become friends with all these people that became a part of my history, of us making history. So God was setting things up but by the voice. By the voice. He wants to set you up this year by the voice. Let me finalize at this, and we're going to pray for you. you. This year, by the end of the year, you look back on it, and I don't care what your you know, more in 2024. I believe there's more. Some people say open door. I believe that. But only, only if you hear and obey the voice of God. Only. Let me say it again. Only. You can't, you know, only if you hear and obey the voice of God. If you just hear his voice, say what he's saying, and do your little part. But I found out I couldn't cause revival in those schools, but I could do it start Bible study. I didn't know, I, I thought we'd have an impact. I didn't think we'd have the type of impact we did. I didn't know we were going to make history, but it was his story because it started with his voice. Come on. 